Good morning. If you're uh, looking for Pastor Justin, I'm not him. He is enjoying some family vacation today, so you're here, I'm here, God's here, so we might as well have a little church. (laughs) So let's pray for Pastor Justin. Father, we thank you for Pastor Justin, Pastor Annette. We speak blessing over their family, strength for them, peace for them. Lord, I just pray, Father, that for every hour of rest they get, you'll give them two hours, Father. And Lord, that they'll be refreshed. You speak to them. They'll be refreshed when they come back. Father, we lift up Dr. Savell, who's in Colorado today, Lord. Pray you strengthen his body today. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you speak through him, Lord, that he's anointed to carry your word today. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, open your Bibles with me, first of all, to Psalms chapter 102. Psalms chapter 102. And I will be picking up where Dr. Savell talked with us, I think it was two weeks ago, about appointed times. In Psalms chapter 102... Verse 12, it says, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever, and the fame of your name endures to all generations. You will arise and have mercy and loving kindness for Zion, for it is time to have pity and compassion for her. Yes, the set time has come, the moment designated. Dr. Spell talked about this is the set time. This is the year of supernatural increase. And the word of the Lord is in 2020. Come on, God will open a new door and bring supernatural increase like never before. And so that's the word of the Lord to us through the prophet from God. And it says right here that this is the set time. The set time has come, the moment designated. He talked about Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that says there's a right time for everything. Another translation says a fixed time or a set time. In Genesis chapter 17, he says, But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. And so he gave them a time of when they would have the baby. He named him Isaac. Isaac had not been born yet, but he was calling those things that be not as though they were. And at that set time, in chapter 21, it says, For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. So when God says that there's a set time, that means that at the set time that God has set, that the promises that he has promised will come to pass and will be fulfilled. Can you say amen to that? Even Jesus talked about appointed times in Matthew chapter 26. He said, my appointed time is near. So there's a right time. There's a fixed time. There's a set time for everything. And God has set this year as a set time for supernatural increase in our life. And so when we grab a hold of this word, you know, we're not the ones that have to bring the increase. We just have to believe the word of the Lord and God's the one that's going to bring the supernatural increase in our life. He made this statement, great victories and supernatural blessings come when God talks about set time. Great victories and supernatural blessings come. When God talks about set time, say this after me, great victories and supernatural blessings come when God talks about set times. A set time is defined as a time for God's divine intervention to take place. A set time is a time for God's divine intervention to take place. An intervention is an act that alters the course of things in order to improve it. 
An intervention is an act that that alters the course of things in order to improve it. How many of you could use a little improvement in your life? Then what you need is some divine intervention. You need God to come in and alter the course of things to improve your life. Your life is about to improve. A major breakthrough or a turnaround is about to happen. That's what a set time means. It means that a major breakthrough or a turnaround is about to happen. If you remember, he did this. It's about to turn around. So things are about to turn around in your life. So if we're looking at Psalm chapter 102, verse 13, it says, you will arise and have mercy and loving kindness for Zion, for it is time to have pity and compassion for her. Yes, the set time has come, the moment designated. It is speaking of God's divine intervention that's about to take place. Now, I looked up this word intervention And a synonym for the word intervention is a word that we're a little more familiar with. It's the word interfere. How many of you would like for God to interfere in your life? Well, sometimes God could come in and just interfere and mess all your plans up. I say, Lord, have your way. Divine intervention. We were, I've shared this story, but I was about two years ago. uh, We have a business in Michigan and uh, we had just picked up a, uh, an advertising promotion from a company. And so we sell those uh, to make money. And um, well, anyway, we'd had, they had had some miscommunication in their inner, you know, inner departments and things. And, so they had called me in and basically to, this is the way we want to move forward kind of meeting, but they weren't real nice about it. And so we did, we made those changes that they asked, but uh, a year went by and I was called in again and I'm thinking on the way up there, oh no, it's going to be that same kind of meeting. And so I began to pray. I had an hour drive on the way up. I began to pray in the Holy Spirit. You know, we ought to be praying in the Holy Spirit more today than we've ever done in our life. Because the Holy Spirit is our helper. He gives us power. He can teach us things. He can tell us things to come. And I I prayed going in that meeting. I said, Lord, I need you to go in there with me. And, and And I pray angels will go in there with me. I got in that meeting and sure enough, they started started in on, on me and and I said, okay, I just don't see how this is a bad thing. And I begin to explain why. Just a different way to look at things. Well, there was a new marketing uh, person there and he's listening to his people tell their side and, and then I, I begin to explain my side. And I could feel the presence of the Lord as I began to speak in this meeting. I could literally feel his presence. And all of a sudden, now it's this turn, this man's time to turn. Now he's the boss of over all this. And he says, you know, I don't see why we can't use this relationship and exploit it with all of our stores, not just the ones that uh, they've been working with, the small number of 30, but we need to take it to our 250 stores. I don't see any negative to this. What was that? That was God's divine intervention. That was God showing up and altering the course of things for my improvement. And I'll tell you this. Over the course of the last two years, that deal has brought our business in over half a million dollars. That deal right there. What is that? That's God showing up, giving supernatural increase divine intervention, altering the course of things that look like they're going this way, but all of a sudden there's a turnaround. Well, I like when God interferes in my life. Psalm 68, go there. 
How many of you would like for God to interfere in your life like that? (laughs) Psalm 68. God is already beginning to arise. Now watch what happens when God arises. And his enemies to scatter. So when God comes on the scene, the devil's got to go. Say, when God comes on the scene, the devil's got to go. (laughs) Let them also who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish before the presence of the Lord. But let the uncompromisingly righteous. How many uncompromisingly righteous do we have here today? Well, this is for you. It says, let the uncompromisingly righteous be glad. Let them be in high spirits. Why? Because we are carriers of the presence of the Lord. And when the presence of the Lord shows up, everything changes. When God shows up, anything is possible. He can change anything. He can alter anything in a moment, in a snap of a finger, in the blink of an eye. So be in high spirits. And glory before God. Yes, let them jubilantly rejoice. I declare to you today that joy is coming back to the body of Christ. I said, I declare to you today that joy is coming back to the body of Christ. We've been, we've been looking down too long. But in the end times, Jesus said, when you see these things happen, look up, lift up your eyes for your redemption draws near. Hey, hey, if you're born again, there's an eternal mansion waiting for you to live with God for eternity. What will you do when you see Jesus? I like that song. What what am I going to do? Will I, will I dance in his presence? Will I give him a big hug, embrace him, and kiss him? What will I do? Will I bow down before him? Will I sing before him? Will I rejoice? Will I, will I run around? What will you do? Have you thought about it? That's where we're going. We got to get our eyes on where we're going. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Cast up a highway for him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Again, be in high spirits and glory before him. Uh, He's the father of the fatherless. Say, that's my God. He's the father of the fatherless. Say, that's my God. He's a judge. Say, that's my God. He's a protector. God places the solitary in families and and gives desolates a home in which to dwell. He leads the prisoners out to prosperity. Oh God, when you went forth before your people, when you marched through the wilderness. Oh man. Yeah. So that's my God. He'll go before you. He'll make your way straight. The earth trembled. The heaven also poured down rain at the presence of God. When God shows up, everything changes. In a moment, the message translation says this. Up with God, down with the enemies. Adversaries run through the hills. Gone like a puff of smoke, like a blob of wax in the fire. One look at God and the wicked vanish. Say, that's my God. When the righteous see God in action, they'll laugh and sing for joy. Sing hymns to God. 
All heavens sing out, clear the way for the coming of the cloud rider. Jesus is coming. (laughs) The, The Passion Translation says, let them laugh and be radiant with joy. Dr. Savell made this statement. The enemy may have had his time in your life, but now the set time, the designated time, now it's time for God's time in your life. So I want to bring back three words that I used to hear people say all the time. Everything is, ready, Subject to change. You don't like what you see? When God gets on the scene, it's subject to change. You got problems with your kids? Subject to change. Problem with your spouse? Subject to change. Maybe you're the one that needs to change, but I'm just saying. <laughs> You don't like your job? Guess what? Subject to change. You, you believe for a promotion and they said you're not going to get one? Guess what? Everything. In a moment, God can do in a moment what you tried to do in a lifetime. And he can do it in a moment. Everything's subject to change. I remember Dr. Savell telling that story about, you know, uh, Believing for the airplane, the Lord says, where are you going to put it? He goes out to the airport, says, I need a hangar. What kind of airplane do you have? <laughs> the man says, well, it's going to cost this much. He goes, that's subject to change. The man says, well, you, you're going to be uh, on a waiting list. That's subject to change. <laughs> the doctor gives you a bad report. That's. Psalm 97. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves who God is. God's God. (laughs) So you stop trying to be. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Psalm 97. Oh, we already said, we already did that one. Psalm uh, 102. Why is God going to do this? It says, verse 13, you will arise and have mercy and loving kindness for Zion. Mercy and love. God is love. And God is rich in mercy because of his great love. So at this set time, God's love and mercy will be shown to his people. If you go back to Exodus chapter 33. And Moses said in verse 18, I beseech you, show me your glory. The glory of God is the manifested presence, the manifested power, and the manifested goodness of God. It's manifested presence, power, and goodness. And so Moses is saying, Lord, show me your glory. And look what the Lord responds. I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy and loving kindness on whom I will show mercy and loving kindness. But I want you to notice what Moses heart intention was with this. He was, he was having this conversation with God. Lord, you're sending me in, in this place, but 
I, I don't want to go if you're not going to go. I don't want to go if your presence isn't with me. So if you don't go, I don't want to go. What Moses was uh, describing was his understanding and revelation of his vital need of God in his life. His trust and total dependence of God in his life. Moses knew that he couldn't do this on his own. He needed God. And it was his declaration to say, Lord, show me your glory. I need your presence in my life. I need your power in my life. I can't do this on my own. See, when you, get, when you begin to get knowledge of the scripture and you begin to get the word on the inside of you, you can get to a place where the, the knowledge of those things can cause you to be prideful and not depend on God. But we need God in our life every day. I pray, Lord, I, I need, I thank you, Lord, for your mercy today. Your mercy is new for me this morning. I need you in my life. I don't want to go one day, Lord. I need your grace today to help me, to help me today, to go beyond my abilities, to help me today, to live godly. That's what grace is. And so this is what Moses was saying. Lord, show me your glory. I need you. In Isaiah chapter 30, to, to contrast, contrast this, it says, verse 1, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel and carry out a plan, but not mine. And who make a league and pour out a drink offering, but not of my spirit. Who set out to go down into Egypt and have not asked me. To flee to the stronghold of Pharaoh and to strengthen themselves in his strength and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. In other words, to trust in the world. To trust in the world system. We're living in the world, but we're not supposed to be of this world. We're not supposed to be conformed to the world. We're not supposed to be conformed to this world's thinking. God's got a different... Uh, economic plan for us is through giving. You, you give and it's given unto you. The world says you take. You take what can be taken. Take all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. That's the world's philosophy. But God's got a different system for us. It's his kingdom. It's his kingdom ways. And that's when Jesus said, seek first his kingdom, God's way. That's why I said God's ways of doing and being right. But you can get to a place where you begin to depend on the world and the world system. So you'll get the result, the results of the world. But if you want godly results, the world can't give you supernatural increase. Only God can give you supernatural increase, but it comes through his kingdom. It comes through his ways. And look at verse 18. So, so these people are going about doing their own thing with their own plans. James talks about that. I'll go over here and do business. Go over there and do business and never inquire of the Lord. Verse 18 says, and therefore the Lord earnestly waits, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. So if people are going out doing their own thing, God, in his mercy and love, will wait expectantly, longing for you to depend on him as your vital necessity. That God, you're everything to me. You're all I need. And he'll wait to be gracious to you. And therefore, he lifts himself up. In other words, he arises. What do we read in Psalm 102? That, that God arises. What do we read in Psalm 68? That God arises. 
that he may have what? Mercy on you. And show what? Love to you. Wow. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are those who earnestly wait for him. Who expect and look and long for him. For his victory, his favor, his love, his peace, his joy, and his matchless, unbroken companionship. Isn't that something? So, O people who dwell in Zion, you will weep no more. Let me read that again. O people who dwell in Zion, you will weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. The reason why God sent Moses to get these people out of Egypt is because he had heard the cries of his people. And in his love and mercy, he delivered them. That's always his first response. Isn't that something? So I want God, I don't want to be like uh, Isaiah 30 verses 1 through 3. How about you? I don't want to be one of those children. I want God interfering in my life. I want God's divine intervention in my life. I woke up one day and uh, we were, it was, I don't know, a year and a half ago or so. And I had plans to go to a certain city and to do, you know, to make some sales calls, do some business, things like that. So I woke up and praying uh, in the Holy Spirit and the Lord says to me, I want you to go over to this city instead of the cities that you're thinking about going. I said, but Lord, I've already got these appointments set up. You know, my day's planned. I got plans. I got goals, Lord. I remember, remind me to come back to that. I I remember going, we went down to Georgia one year. This was like, I don't know, four or five years ago. And uh, we're going to go to the mountains in Georgia, North Georgia. And we're going to, we're going to seek the Lord about this next year. And so I began to, I began to make some goals, but not necessarily the ones that I was getting in prayer. (laughs) So I decided well, I'm going to start this other business. And, uh, you know, I had a plan. And I'm going to make this investment. And, and so I took that to Nikki, and, and I wanted to, to buy five of these little things that, let's just say five of these little businesses. I wanted to get five of them. Because, you know, we're going to really go for it. And so I talked to Nikki about it. She goes, well, why don't we just start with one? And see if it works. But I didn't really have a word from the Lord on it. But I came out with a, with a goal for that year. That I was going to have five of these. And oh yeah, it was real spiritual. We were going to give all kinds of money to the kingdom. Because of it. Well, Lord, you know I'm going to give this money. So I invested... $120,000. And uh, year one, I, I didn't take any money. It was, a, it was a, like a loss. Year two, no money. Year three, I wrote myself a $6,000 check from that. Year four, another $6,000 check. Glory. Until finally one day, the, the thing just kept breaking down, kept breaking down. I was, I was writing $6,000 checks to get it fixed. And we ended up giving this thing away so we wouldn't have to repair it anymore. I gave it away because it was costing me money. One year, it cost me $15,000. 
that's not really the way that uh, I like to do business. Or the way that God likes for us. But I had a goal. I had a plan. It was a good plan. So anyway, the Lord uh, says to me, I want you to go to this city, not the other city. I said, Lord, I got plans. But then I canceled them. And I went over to this town. I was talking, so I went to see one of my clients in that town. Well, it turns out, when I got there, the competitor had just been in and had everybody all, you know, they go in. Sometimes, sometimes they, they spread lies that just aren't true. But it gets everybody all in fear, you know, all worked up. And I showed up right after they left. Said, hey, hey, good to see you. I didn't know any of this was going on. Oh, man, it's a good thing you showed up today because your competitor was just saying they made this promise and that promise and they said this about you and that. I said, well, let's talk about those things. None of those things are true. You know this, you know that. Smooth the whole situation. That client is, is now one of my top accounts years later. What is that? That's God interfering with my schedule. That's divine intervention. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, he's, he knows more than me. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. He knows the end from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Maybe this sermon is just for me today. I, I feel like today I'm confessing my faults that I may be healed. Yeah. Oh, you looking at me with your holy stares. I'm sure none of you have ever done this in your life. Praise the Lord. Psalms 103. My goals, my plans. Well, the Lord kind of interfered in our life when he said, uh, I want you to get out of your father's house, out of your father's country, and move to a land that I would show you. About a year ago. Well, you want to talk about, you know, interfering with your plans. You can get really comfortable. I've heard someone say that the enemy to great is good. Life can be good. But God wants you to have a great life. Psalm 103 verse 4 says, this is David talking. He says, who redeemed your life from the pit? Aren't you thankful? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's some days where I'm just so thankful. People say, well, you Christians, you know, y'all got to follow all those rules. And, and uh, man, that's, that's hard. It's, no, the, the Bible says the life of the transgressor is hard. That's a hard life. I mean, you got to deal with all the... The sin, the repercussions of sin, the guilt from the sin. He redeems your life from the pit. People tried to make a joke of hell. They tried to make it into some party deal. I had a lady say to me the other day, uh, well, I mean, I know I'm going to hell and I'm okay with it. You have no idea. You have no idea. He, he's rescued us from the pit. We're going to live with him in eternity one day. I believe soon. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, an increase in the glory that's been happening that I see that we're stepping into the greatest move of God that this world has ever seen. And it's going to be marvelous. 
It's going to be wonderful. And it will bring fear, reverence, and awe back in the church. And even the nations, even the nations will see fear and tremble because of the supernatural increase that comes on God's people. And they'll be able to see the light that's on you. It's not because you're so good looking that while they're staring at you, it's because they see light and they don't have it in them. And these miracles and marvels and wonders that, that will happen will bring a fear even from the nations of who God is, his, his majesty, his wonderfulness, his marvelousness. That's my God. He does great things. He does great exploits. He's a God of miracles. He's a God of wonders. In a moment, he can change anything. You want to talk about divine intervention? They were standing at the Red Sea. It looked like the enemy was closing in on them. And the Lord says, shut up and see what the Lord will do. Moses said that. He didn't say shut up. He said. Eric translation. He didn't know what God was going to do. He said, Lord, what you want to do? He's a God that can part the the sea. The mountains that are in your way can melt like wax at his presence in a moment. In a moment. Woo! Maybe I'll get to verse four now. Who beautifies dignifies. See, this looks good on us. This glory, this manifested presence, this manifested power, this manifested goodness that's on us. It looks good on us. You see people that, that they get older and they're, and they're still, you can, you, and then people that aren't born again, boy, you can, you can tell the difference. God keeps us younger. Why? Because we're in high spirits. You don't have to be depressed, oppressed, whatever other S there are. He crowns you with love and watch this tender mercy. Verse eight. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Plenteous in mercy and love. Verse 11. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great are his mercy and loving kindness. Are you getting this? Toward those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. Wow. In other words, we're saying, God, I I just worship you. I, I, I need you in my life. There are so many things. We can, we can take one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no gods before me. And there are so many things that can become a god in someone's life. If you don't believe that, take your cell phone out. Look at your screen time. Tell me how many hours you're doing on that versus how many hours you're doing in the Word. Look, I'm smiling. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Praise God. Verse 13, as a father loves and pities his children, so the Lord loves and pities those who fear him. Watch this. With reverence, worship, and all. Just reminding you of who God is today. Let God arise. Let him arise in your life. Verse 17. But the mercy and loving kindness of the Lord are from everlasting to everlasting. Upon those, watch this, who reverently and worshipfully fear him and his righteousness is to his children's children. 
I was reminded when I was praying about this, and, and I, Dr. Savell may have mentioned it last time. I don't remember if he did or not. But I remember recently him telling the story of the visitation that he got and the Lord saying, tell the people that the God of the breakthrough wants to visit their house. The God of the breakthrough. You know, that, that could be another word for a divine intervention. That could be another word for interfering with what the devil's trying to do in your life. The God of the breakthrough wants to visit your house. Will you let him in? Will you let him have his way? Will you let him take some things from you that aren't beneficial to you? And so as that is taken away, more fruit can grow. And as more fruit grows, what is, what is fruit? Supernatural increase. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Didn't y'all used to sing that in Sunday school? Huh? Did? The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then it gets faster and faster. Oh. The fruit of the Spirit's not a cherry. The fruit of the Spirit's not a cherry. If you want to be a cherry, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Oh. I don't know. What was the other one? It doesn't matter. The moment's passed. But when you plant that seed, (laughs) when you plant that seed, you don't know how that seed grows. It's it's supernatural increase. It's, It's something that God set into motion. God did it. There's a there's an older movie with uh, who are those who are those men in that movie you know the the lions secondhand lions and they live out in the country and these salespeople try to come around their house and they they get the shotguns out and they scare them off they shoot in the air and the salespeople just don't visit them well one manages to stick around. And so what he sells them is, is it, you know, they wanted to grow a garden. And so the salesman said, well, we got, you know, the tomato, we got the tomato seed and we got the, you know, the cabbage or what other other, we got the, the, the orange, what, what other, whatever he was selling. So they make the garden out and, and now, now the seed's starting to come up and they labeled each row. This is the tomatoes and this is the. The cabbage and what other vegetables are there? This, yeah, it's a cucumber. And this is, get, help me out. This is a corn, yeah. And uh, this is the potato. So he labeled them, put pictures on them. Well, when they grew up, they all looked the same. And they realized that the salesman had taken them, that he had not sold them different seeds. He just said they were different seeds, but they were all the same seed. How do you know how the orange seed produces an orange? How do you know the orange seed doesn't think he's an apple? Do you think the orange seed thinks, I I think I'm an apple today? No. We We don't know 
how that happens. It's, it's increased. It's supernatural increase. You can read about it in Mark chapter 4. We don't know, but God does it. Isaiah chapter 61 here. It says, Arise, shine. The Amplified says, Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. So if God's on the rise, guess what? Let me come over here. If God's on the rise, guess what? Oh, man. I'm going to try this side over here. I'm trying to, y'all help me preach. Help me. If God's on the rise, we're on the rise. So this is a command. Arise. From the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Yes, you can read about the dark days. You can read about that men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, and all those things. But there's a but. We're not to focus on those things because God will arise on you. So shine, it says, be radiant with glory of the Lord, for your light has come. So there's a set time, a designated time when God rises and and he rises within you. And now it's your time. It's your time to shine. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth, dense darkness the peoples, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen on you. It's going to be seen on you. Nations shall come to your light. Kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about you. They all gather themselves together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar. Your daughter shall be carried and nursed in your arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall be, shall thrill and tremble with joy and be enlarged because the abundant wealth of the sea shall be turned to you. And unto you, the nations shall come with their treasure. It's a set time, appointed time, a designated time. That when God arises, we arise. And these things... (laughs) It says, from the circumstances, the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. We read a verse earlier that says, you will weep no more. And what God is saying to us today is that he's God. He's God. It's his appointed time and he lives within you. You're a carrier of his presence. You're a carrier of his power. That means that when you show up, God shows up. He'll go before you. He's given you angels. All of heaven is backing God's people. And these angels hearken unto the voice of his word. That means one word. To speak the word of God out of your mouth. And that's what they're doing. They're sent to aid us. To help us. I think that we sometimes forget who God is. Who he is in us. Who we are in him. And church, it's time for us to, to sit in our rightful place. To stand in our rightful place. Not that we set ourselves in, but who God set us in. That we're seated with him in the heavenly places. 
and to begin to act like who we are in him. We are not defeated. Satan is defeated. And so that's just been a big cover up that he's winning. He's not winning. He's already lost. We know how it's going to end. And so he who overcomes, he who endures to the end. So now's not the time to give up. (laughs) Now's the time to press in. Now's the time to, to begin to develop a deeper, more intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now's the time to begin to press in to pray in the Holy Spirit. Now's the time to begin to read the word like you've never read it before. Why? So you can get all of this on the inside of you and get all the world out. He's so merciful and so loving. What would, what would he not do for you? Is there anything that's too difficult for him? Is there anything that's impossible for my God? Thank you, Father. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, we thank you today. We thank you today for reminding us of who you are. We thank you today. Tess, will you? We thank you today, Father. Lord, that you want to be in our life. We're wanted. We're, you're, you're waiting expectantly. Longing. It's, your word says you're longing for us to come to you and, and make you our all in all. Yes. 